on the show tonight, we've got... Every night was a battle. You can lock this in, take it to the bank. Mm, no class at all. It's unbelievable. They should see a, a, a relatively quick turnaround. Show me the money. Big water slide, snow cone truck and everything. One team stands alone. Well, you know what I think about Troy. I'm losing my mind over here. We've got the moment you've all been waiting for. Of course. That's right. This week's hashtag Know Your Enemy Game of the Week is... Southern Miss at Troy. Otherwise known as the best game of the week. Of course, it's the best group of five con- uh, It's the best group of five game of the year, says the biased guy. There you go. Anyway, I'm just so excited for this game. We have a plethora of information to get to you. Uh, we spoke with uh, Patrick McGee with the Sun-Herald, Justin McNelly with WTVY in Dothan, and we got the two newest or two of the newest athletic directors in the country, Jeremy McLean at Southern Miss and Brent Jones at Troy, there is so much between these two teams, so much crossover, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's go ahead and pitch it now to Justin McNelly, a friend of yours, a friend of mine, a friend of the show. Let's have it. And now we are joined by the one, the only, Justin McNelly, the sports director for WTVY News out of Dothan, Alabama. He is a Troy graduate, so he might be a little biased, uh, but he's also <laughs> covered he, he's also covered the Trojans for the past, I, I would say, four years. Would that be about right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, since uh, I covered him in college and everything when I was there, then off and on, but I've been the main Troy reporter uh, for SFA and then here for about the last four years or so. Okay. So the biggest question, because you were covering them during the Neil Brown era, and now we're obviously year one of Chip Lindsey. What is the difference that you've seen uh, between, you know, the coaching staffs uh, of Neil, Brown's, Neil Brown himself and Chip Lindsey and then, and then the difference in coaching staffs? I, I just definitely feel a more laid-back feel uh, from all the practices and everything I've been to. Uh, I try to relate it back and try to think back in my head to Neil's first year and kind of how it was kind of laid back, but then he got more strict, the more success he had. But I feel like Lindsey, this is just kind of the way he is. Like he's kind of just a, a go with the flow type person. Like he's going to expect a lot out of you, but he's, you know, going to be a little more fun to his practices, a little more, you know, uh, you know there's, there's people out there, you know, dancing, having fun, having a good time. And I think that's the biggest difference I've seen so far is just the attitude with some of the players, you know, they're not as uptight about things and they're more cracking jokes, having fun on the sidelines, which means these are college kids. They, they, they have to go out there and do that. I know this is a business they're in and, you know, they're out there to get wins at the same time, you know, they're, they're out there having fun. Now for the last, you know, three years, you know, Troy has had some big wins um, and and from in my opinion, I think a lot of it we we've had good offenses, but I think it's been predicated really on how well the defense has played over the last three years. And coming into this season, you know they lose they, they lost th- four guys to to transfer. You know, at, have you seen them fill those positions? And uh, you know, do you, do you think that they're that they've been able to fill those those voids left by those those four players that have left? Well, I think the biggest thing that's helped out a lot has been the production that they have received from Carlton Marshall just in his short amount of time uh, at Troy, how he's really been able to step up as a leader, even his freshman year last year. He's really taken on that role this year, left over by some of those guys who departed, especially Tron Folsom, a guy in that linebacker court they really relied on, a guy like Hunter Reese, 
that they really relied on. That secondary is still – they're still working out the kinks right now because I know that at this moment Terrence Dunlap is still not on the roster, I believe so, because he's dealing with – I want to say last check was some academic issues, so he is still not listed on the depth chart as we speak. But uh, the guy that really has stepped up that they mentioned last week was O'Shea Fletcher, a freshman out of Huntsville. Uh, really looked okay. good in his debut uh, game for the Troy Trojans. So I think they've been able to fill some positions and move the guys around, and I think they have a solid unit on that defensive side of the ball, and getting a guy back like Joe Bridges uh, never hurts either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, I mean, they, they you could really tell, especially late in the season, they were, they were missing Joe Bridges uh, just because of all the injuries that were kind of piling up at the end of the year. Um, that Zoe Bridges was definitely a big miss. So yeah, uh, what about on the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, Caleb Barker's back. Uh, does he does he look? I mean, this is his third ACL tear. You've gotten to see him, you know, run through fall practice. Uh, what, does he does he really look back to being a hundred percent? You know, what what in your eyes does where what does he look like, or what does he look like uh, in in your eyes? From what I've seen, uh, it really doesn't like he's missed a beat at all. Uh, if, if it wasn't for the fact you know he was in a knee brace or I, I knew what happened, I would not be able to tell he came off a knee surgery because he looked so much more poised, he looked so much more confident, and you know he he really took the time you know from October during his injury to now to to get his body back in shape and to be a better version of himself than he was last year, which was hard to top with the way he played those first six games. So seeing him back on the field, he really looks like his old self, if not a better version of it, which is dangerous uh, for this offense with all the weapons and everything they have, and it's going to be hard to stop for some of these defenses that they'll be going up against this year. Who is the guy this weekend that, that is going to have to, to step up? I mean, obviously Caleb Barker plays a lot, but is there is there another guy uh, that, that really needs to step up and have and have a good game? Uh, I know they've been high on a lot, him, a lot lately. Uh, Playing behind B.J. Sith, D.K. Billingsley, I think, is a guy they're going to rely on a lot. And I think this could be a showcase game for him. I mean, B.J. is going to get a majority of the touches. B.J. is going to get his playing time. But I think this could be a potential where D.K. Billingsley and that rushing attack really separates itself. Uh, looking at stats for uh, Southern Miss just right now, you know, they've given up, you know, 300, 350 yards on the ground their first two games they're averaging giving up around 150 or so per contest mm-hmm. so this is really going to be a chance for a two-headed monster bj smith and dk billingsley to really step it up i think we already know what bj can do we've seen it for the last year and a half two years so i think they're going to need dk to step up when bj you know takes a playoff or you know is out for a little bit they really need him to kind of fill that role and really not have a, a drop off between the two you know, have you we, – we obviously talked to Brent and uh, um, Jeremy on this show, and there's there's so much familiarity between these two teams. I, I mean, you as a reporter, what have, – have you ever covered a game where there's just so much – you know, there, there, everybody – it feels like everybody knows everybody, I feel like, between these two college programs. No, I mean, I don't think I have. I mean, starting at the very top of the athletics department, just, you know, with the the two ADs with Jeremy and Brent. I mean, it starts all the way at the top and works its way all the way down to the bottom. I mean, you look at uh, Chip, his time at Southern Miss as offensive coordinator before he left there. A lot of these, I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, 
looking at the rosters for just for Troy, you know, there's people from, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, you know, they played against each other, you know, with Southern Miss, their roster's the same way as a lot of schools in this Bible Belt area in southeast Alabama. So they, they grew up playing high school ball, and, you know, they played against each other. Uh, I think Troy played back in 2016, so there may be some. So there's probably some seniors still on this roster that were there for that first matchup. So it mm-hmm. is a really interesting dynamic, and in the way they Southern Miss runs their offense and defense is pretty similar to the way Troy runs theirs. So it's kind of a, a looking at them on paper, it's kind of like mirror images of each other. What, uh, what if and we ask everybody this question on Sunday morning? It, the paper reads Troy, you know, knocks off the Golden Eagles. What what's going to have to happen this weekend? You know, if you can put three points together, three phases, what what will Troy have to do in order to win this ball game? Well, I think one's going to they have to run the ball, which I mean, uh, I mentioned that a little earlier, and I, I think they're going to. I mean, we have a guy like B.J. Smith on your team. You're, you're going to hand him the ball off, and I think that's going to be a key point for them on offense. Is they're really going to have to just feed him, and I think they're going to have to open up the offense a little more as well. I know that first game, I don't know if it was just more of they didn't want to show too much that first week or the lightning delay. Uh, you know, cost and issues, and they just went more basic with their offense. I think playing a team like Southern Miss, you're going to have to expand that offense a little more. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they got to start getting takeaways. Uh, I know uh, that's something they all coaches preach, but uh, when you're playing a talented offensive team like Southern Miss, whose defense is just as good, you got to give yourself more chances with the ball which gives you more chances to score. I know that sounds elementary, but I think that's something they're going to have to go out there and do. Perfect. And, and last question, we always ask everybody who, if, if they've got a prediction, do you have any predictions for this week? Uh, I think the home crowd is going to help Troy a lot. This team is excited about this matchup just from talking to them this week at their press conference. Uh, I think the fans have a, an energy about them to this game. I mean, they had last week off. You know, the fans are, are ready for them to get back up, back out on the field. So I do think Troy takes it home. Uh, I'll go 34-21 in favor of the Trojans. Okay, cover. Wow, 13-point win. The, the spread is at, I think, two, maybe gone to it, – it's been fluctuating between two and a half, one and a half. So you're giving them 13 points. That's very – I think that's it might be that home field advantage that you were talking about. So, well, Justin McNally, thank you. You go ahead. I was going to say, I think this Troy team is better than the one in 2016, and I think this Southern Miss team isn't as good as the one in 2016 when they played. So I, I think that's the, the big difference, and the home field advantage will play a lot into it as well. Well, let's hope to uh, let's let's hope we see some of that home field advantage uh, on Saturday. But Justin McNelly from WTVY News in Dothan, Alabama. Thank you for coming in and talking with us tonight. Uh, I'm sure, as you said, you said you were going to be covering the game, so we will probably see you out there Saturday. So again, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Obviously, another great interview to start this amazing segment off. Absolutely. With the one and only Justin McNally. Uh, no, I think the most interesting thing he talked about was, obviously we know about B.J. Smith, but he said it could be the D.K. Billingsley show. Right. He said the backup could be the guy. D.K. has been waiting around. I mean, we saw, we've seen since, I mean, since, Neil, I mean, since last year, we've seen these glimpses of D.K. Billingsley. I mean, I remember plays where I think it was, a, I think he actually played against Ohio in his freshman season. I remember him coming in and on a 
fumble. We fumbled the ball forward, and he was in just as as a spell back, and he picked the ball up and ran for 25 yards. Like, like we just see these glimpses. We've seen glimpses of D.K. Billingsley. Even last week against Campbell, you had a, a nice 40-yard touchdown run. Uh that is that's that's a good sign to see, and Troy's going to need I think that second back, um, not to, not take anything away from B.J. Smith, but if this might be a, a really good game to see D.K. Billingsley come out and and really show, hey, there's there's two good backs in this backfield this year. So and and and, and we'll get to this next part in a bit. Uh, Mississippi State was a really really ground and pound oh, yeah. team. Uh, Right now, we're going to go. It's my turn now. Let's talk to Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald. So now we've got Patrick McGee from the Sun-Herald. Welcome in, Patrick. Thank you for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Let's just start from the beginning. What do we need to know about the Southern Miss team uh, out of the gate? What is the big storyline going into the season? Well, going into the season, I think everybody expected this team to be one of the better defensive squads really in the country. If you go back and look at what they did, uh, statistically, they were top ten uh, nationwide in uh, uh, various uh, different statistical categories. But uh, here in the first two games, the defense hasn't been as good as uh, what what would have been expected. What was expected of this group? Uh, they kind of struggled against State, got exploited in the secondary, which was expected to be a strong point. Uh, so coming in, you expected a maybe an improved offense to go with the defense that was ex- expected to be easily the best in Conference USA. At this point, uh, I think going to the Troy game, I think there's some uh, a decent amount of optimism when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, coming off a 340-yard performance against Mississippi State where they didn't really finish drives, uh, but they were able to move down the uh, field uh, pretty efficiently. So it's, it's still a Southern Miss team that we're kind of waiting to see uh, what kind of identity they can build. Uh, this is like this is a big game against Troy for them, considering Alabama is uh, next on the schedule. So uh, they need to develop some momentum and and uh, get things going before conference play starts. So it it's we're just kind of all waiting to see how this this team kind of develops in the next uh, two to three weeks. And this Troy game is just absolutely critical. Absolutely, and I mean that's a that's kind of a measuring stick, I think, on both sides uh, for both teams. Honestly, um, that passing game, it just so happens that the secondary is one of Troy's weak spots this week or this year, but uh, they're going up against a pretty strong passing game from Southern Miss. Plenty of weapons in that wide receiving core. Uh, yeah, Southern Miss, they have a, a quarterback, Jake Abraham, who actually led the nation in completion percentage a year ago, and that was working behind an offensive line that really didn't uh, give him near enough protection in a ground game that struggled. So for him to be able to do that, a lot of that was a result of just, you know, making short tosses out to the receivers and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think we've seen the team go down the field a little bit more, uh, even with Quez Watkins sideline the first two weeks of the season. Now he's back in the mix, and he's a really nice deep threat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, if that Troy secondary is struggling, uh, they're finally going to see a Southern Miss receiving core really at full strength with the Jordan Mitchell, the Jalen Adams, a Quez Watkins, and Tim Jones, who works in the slot is a really, really tough inside receiver, good athlete, good hands, uh, really strong guy, checks in about 213 pounds, uh, decent speed. That'll It'll be interesting to see if they could get Jones going early. Uh, had a couple, had five catches, I think, in the first half against State for 73 yards before they kind of slowed him down. Uh, but, yeah, I would say uh, the Southern Miss passing game is kind of on the verge of taking off at some point. I don't know if it will happen this week, but uh, just what I've seen out of the team the last two weeks, I think there are signs that, that Jack, Jack Abraham has a chance to really kind of 
uh, really get more in the terms of passing yardage because he's getting a little bit better protection out of the offensive line. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, pointing that out, I would say that's probably a crucial matchup in this game. Yeah, and you, we were talking before we started this, but uh, Jalen Adams, a guy who started out, was originally committed to Troy, has now ended up, uh, you said he redshirted last year? Yeah, well, he was hurt, uh, I think, in uh, game, week two or week three. Uh, he he was, you know, playing a role in special teams and all that. But, yeah, going back to Adams, he was a commit with Troy all the way up, I think, until signing day. and He was just one of those late flips that nobody really saw coming. And whenever, you know, and he, I guess he was, what, the Gatorade player of the year for Alabama or really regarded uh, pretty highly in the state. So that was a big deal whenever Southern has landed him. And whenever he's been on the field in, in, in punt return on special teams, uh, he had a punt return and a kick return for a touchdown uh, in the first uh, game of the season. And he had a pretty decent game at receiver against State. So uh, Jalen Adams is a really kind of a you know, do-it-all kind of guy, whether it's, they even hand it off to him sometimes out of the running back position. Uh, really a guy that you have to account for in all plays. Absolutely. Uh Troy had a special teams guy like that the past two years, Marcus Jones, who transferred out. So it's not uh, surprised by a, guy, a speedy guy being on special teams. But, man, that video of his punt return is definitely making the rounds on social media. Yeah, I, I, I asked uh, Jay Hobson, and Southern Miss head coach on uh, the Monday after that if he was the fastest guy on the team. I think he put him uh, right there with Quez Watkins. But, if <laughs> and, I mean, I think part of it, he looks – he was really fast on that. I think he caught some Alcorn State guys out of position. I'm still wondering what number 91 was doing. <laughs> uh, he's the oh, first right. guy downfield. <laughs> he just he just kind of did a little circle around him. Next, next thing you know, he's going up the field. Uh, Jalen is extremely fast. Uh, he's always been a fast guy. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, – if, if you get a chance, you need to go watch that highlight if you haven't already. That punt return was something else to watch. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and you talk about handing it off to him some – they Southern Miss has really like shared the load uh, on the ground game this year. I, I read your article about uh, Kevin Perkins with him taking over that spot. What was that process like in the spring? Well, I mean, I, Perkins has kind of been impressive ever since he got here as a walk-on, uh, and just kind of I think he kind of built up credibility with coaching staff, just showing that he could really run kind of behind his pads, just really had it all together as a running back. But what really kind of triggered. Uh, his move up to depth chart is Travinsky Mosley, uh, who was going to be their kind of true blue starter this season, the running back that brought it all together as a, you know, as, as a guy that can pass, protect, and catch the ball at the backfield. He got hurt on the first offensive drive of the season, uh, and his his return is very much questionable this year. Uh, so they had to figure out who was going to kind of uh, fill that role and be, maybe possibly be a three down back, and I think maybe Perkins uh, gives them that best opportunity. Uh, Stephen Anderson. Uh, another running back is he, he played quarterback in high school. He's just he just hasn't played the running back position a whole lot. Perkins right now I think is probably their best option. Uh, he's done a best, better job of running with purpose and, and know what he's doing and get, running towards the gap. You know, run towards the hole. So I think Perkins uh, he's a big guy, six zero, six foot, two hundred twenty five pounds. They would like him to be a little bit lighter. So Perkins right now I think gets the uh, gets the nod as the starter, and I, I'm thinking he'll get the most carries of anybody, but. One guy to watch out for is the Michael Harris, a receiver who pretty much played all, got all his snaps last week at running back. Uh, really showed good speed running off the edge. I think he's a guy that's going to get more carries out of that position as well. I think that what they've done is they've got a nice mix of, of power guys and speed guys at running back. 
but they would sure like to have Travinsky Mosley in the mix. It's, it's kind of they're just kind of figuring out things as they go right now at running back. Let's talk about defense. Y'all have um, I saw that y'all your linebacker Rasheem Booth is it Rasheem? That's right, or is it Rashawn? That's Rakeem. It's Rakeem. I'm, I'm, I looked at the pronunciations and it threw me off. Rakeem Booth. He is part of a really strong linebacker core. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, what a, th- a third year starter there at, at linebacker. He's really kind of the go to guy at, at, at. But they've also it's a young linebacking core, and that was kind of a, a group that really had kind of a tough time of it last week against Mississippi State, going up going up against the Kylan Hill, uh, you know, a 215 pound guy that has the moves of kind of a uh, of a smaller back, but brings a lot of power too. And they had a hard time with him. Uh, Central Latham is, is a linebacker. It's really got a bright future ahead of him. He's a sophomore. Uh, still trying to figure out things. He's a got, he's a great athlete. Uh, had SEC offers out in high school. Uh, ended up at Southern Miss. Uh, it, they've just got some younger guys that are trying to, you know, adjust to this level of play and, and reading all their keys and everything they have to do. Uh, but Rakeem Booth is absolutely, I would say at this point, probably the centerpiece of that defense. He's played well here early in the season. And uh, he, he's a leader on that defense. They've got a strong defensive line. They played okay last week. Uh, had a pretty good start the first week before. But uh, what, what's got to worry Troy a little bit, even though Southern Miss has struggled on defense, that, that's a prideful group there on the defensive side of the ball. And they're going to you know, want to see a dramatic, uh, amount, <laughs> dramatic improvement uh, from the defense going into week three. They're going to be very demanding. They're, uh, they're going to be anxious to get out against Troy and really hang with those guys. They know they're going to be playing a really good offense, but – uh, they're probably catching the Southern Miss defense, I would expect. They got exposed last week. They take it personally. And I would expect them to kind of turn around and play a good game this week. So we wake up on Sunday morning, and the headline is, you know, uh, Southern Miss beats Troy. What's going to have to happen? What are we going to see in that article? Well, I, I think the Southern Miss offense would have to come out and play very well. I, I expect the defense to be improved over what we've seen the last week or two. I, you know, I, I, like I've said, I think that's a prideful group. I think they'll step it up, and it really comes down to Southern Miss secondary really playing much better against Troy. Uh, but yeah, it comes down to Jack Abraham, the ground game, and overall offense. I think Southern Miss is going to have to come out there and score, you know, 35, 38 points uh, to win on the road, and they're capable of doing that. But we all know how talented Troy is and how much returning talent they have on, uh, especially there on offense. So. Uh, I think Southern Miss coming in, they realize they're going to have, be, have to be in somewhat of a shootout. Uh, I think the defense is eight, eight, you know, capable of keeping, keeping Troy under 28 points. They've done it before. They, they can do it again. So I think it really all comes down to Jack Abraham having a huge game. For Southern Miss on the road, it all comes down to the quarterback and the offensive line protecting him. So it's a pretty simple path to victory. It's just the Southern Miss offense has got to have far and away its best game of the season that went on the road. And, uh, I think Troy's a favorite at the moment and rightfully so on the home field, but, Southern Miss, as long as its offense steps up this game, I think it has a chance to win. And I see that too. Uh, I looked at some of the stats for the past couple games, and um, it's that that run game is absolutely going to have to get going. Um, last week against Mississippi State, I noticed when Missis- when Southern Miss got into the red zone, three of the four times were were field goals. Was that just a an offense running out of steam kind of thing, or was that uh, Mississippi State? Well, in that game, there's a lot of the things that went wrong for Southern Miss. The things they need to have happen uh, to win at Mississippi State just didn't happen. And it was more than that. Obviously, they just didn't finish drives as well as they should have. Uh, they could have easily put up a couple, put in a couple more touchdowns on the scoreboard that just didn't happen. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you have to credit State. They've got good athletes. They've got uh, good rangy uh, players at linebacker and at safety. So they're, they, they're, they were good in the red zone, and I think they've really been kind of solid in the red zone up to this point. Uh, so, yeah, I think you give State credit, but uh, Southern Miss just, as an offense, is ready to kind of just kind of get over the hump. Uh, last year they showed signs of promise, but that lack of a ground game really hurt them. So if they can start to really kind of uh, get more confidence running the football, I think you'll see things kind of open up in the red zone for Southern Miss. They just have to be able to be more balanced and uh, get things working in that regard. So I think Southern Miss eventually is going to start finishing off these drives. Whether it starts this week remains to be seen. But uh, right now Jack Abraham's good enough there at quarterback to get him in the end zone. And uh, they know they're going to have to do more than just expect a big play at any given moment. They have to produce efficiently whenever they get inside the 20-yard line. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out against Troy. But I would expect them to finish drives if a little bit better than they did a week ago in Starkville, a team that's got SEC talent on defense. Right. And, and speaking of balanced, I mean, Southern Miss played an FCS opponent and beat them by 30. And then they went on the road to an SEC team and lost by 20. So obviously this team is somewhere in the middle. But based on performance, and obviously this game is a measuring stick for both sides, but as from what you've seen, does it does the team tend more toward that Alcorn State outcome, or the is is there kind of a, a, a pull toward the Mississippi State side of the scoreboard? No, I mean I, I think people would be mistaken to kind of look at the first two games of the season to judge what the Southern Miss team is going to do this season. I I, I think everybody probably would have uh, labeled the Alcorn State game as an underwhelming performance to where, but at the same time they they went with a pretty limited number of plays on offense, uh probably didn't try to show as much on defense. Against State it was it was a game where they had far too many little mistakes and, and didn't make do all the things they needed to to win on the road. So that's why I say this game against Troy is, is really the measuring stick. The first two games of the season for Southern Miss are, are ones that if you try to gauge this team going forward, I think it would be a mistake. So I, I don't I wouldn't look at the state game or the Alcorn game is trying to gauge the squad. I, I think this Troy game is where we really find out what Southern Miss is going to be able to do. If that offense can get going uh, and, and show some balance, uh, I think that's whenever we maybe see if maybe this team can compete for a conference title. And I think everybody kind of expected that out of Southern Miss coming into the season, that they were going to be right there with North Texas uh, competing for a West Division championship. So I, I think this Southern Miss team hasn't come anywhere near close to its ceiling especially on the defensive side of the ball. And everybody knew under a new offensive coordinator in Buster Faulkner uh, that this group would probably have to kind of build as the season goes along and get better and better going in the conference play. So uh, I think that we we have yet to see, you know, anywhere close to the best from Southern Miss. Uh, whether we see it this week, we don't know. Uh, they just hope they, you know, start kind of finding their way and really reaching their potential in the, whenever they start conference play. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll find out a lot more on Saturday about the Southern Miss squad while the State and Alcorn game are just kind of in the rearview mirror at this point. All right, Patrick, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you for so much. I think we got uh, there, there's so much to digest there, and I appreciate you for, for breaking some of this down for us today. Okay, all right, thanks for having me. That was Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald uh, newspaper out of Gulfport. I recognize that. I probably never said that. I just said <laughs> the Sun-Herald. But he's been covering uh, Southern Miss for like 10 years now. That offense, that passing game, mm. that is going to be the thing to watch 
We've talked about Troy's secondary being a little bit weaker this year. Mm-hmm. If if the secondary at Troy does not step up, that passing game is going to just rip them to shreds. Yeah, I mean they get they get a wide receiver back that uh, one of right. their, one of their best wide receivers from last year, uh, and and to to get a guy like that that led the team he he led the team in receptions and in receiving yards last year uh, to get him back that's going to be a huge huge thing for Southern Miss that they've been missing over the first two weeks and and the thing was. He didn't. They didn't have him the first two weeks, and mm. they seriously, they they obviously made up for it. Yeah. So there are still playmakers there, and there are still uh, weapons around Abraham, just a dynamite quarterback. Yeah. We're gonna get more into our analysis here. After Absolutely. This, but now, Absolutely. it now this is this. I'm not gonna overstate this, but this was one of the biggest moments for the Vinch boys. Uh, these next two interviews, the fact that we were able to get two athletic directors. Uh, to come on the show and to talk to us and both give us perspective into each one of their programs. Uh, huge moment for us. Um, and I mean, I, 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 you're not wrong. I'm no. extremely proud. Um, very thankful. Very thankful. For both of these guys to come on um, and speak to us uh, on this lowly podcast. Uh, and first, we got a hold of Mr. Jeremy McLean with Southern Miss as visitors go first. And we're here with uh, Jeremy McLean, the athletic director for Southern Miss. Jeremy, thank you for coming in. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, appreciate the opportunity to come on. So let's just start with uh, you are going to be back in Troy this weekend. What's the first thing you're going to do when you set foot back in uh, the 334, back in Troy? Yeah, great question. I I, I plan on trying to – normally don't get to do this on road trips. I plan on trying to uh, visit with some friends and – um, you know, my, my kids have plenty of friends in in town, obviously, and so we want to try to catch up with some people, uh, hopefully on Friday, and, and uh, get a chance to see some familiar faces and uh, catch up, um, you know, with some people who who mean a lot to us. Absolutely, uh, you. I'm sure you've kept up with Brent the past few months. Uh, what has it been like? The, what have those conversations been like? <laughs> yeah, he and I talk often, uh, probably a couple times a week, and and. Uh, you know, it's 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 been good. I think he's he's doing a great job. Um, you know, obviously it's um, natural for him to reach out um, because there there are things that you know. Quite honestly, until you sit in that AD's chair, you don't realize some things. There's maybe some things you don't know to ask. And so uh, he and I have had some really good conversations about things that are happening there, and um, maybe you know some things we have done in the past, why we have done them, what it meant for us, and so. All those conversations have been really good. I think he's uh, he's doing a great job getting adjusted really quickly, I think, which is always key. Um, and, and so I think he's headed in a very positive direction. But uh, he and I, you know, over the years, we re- talk on a regular basis uh, anyway. Um, so our conversation has just been a little bit different over the last four or five months. When you kind of hit the ground running, too, uh, when you started – uh, right there in the middle of June, as everything was gearing up for these fall uh, conf- for these fall uh, sports, what was that like? Yeah, it was a little crazy actually. I kind of actually started on May first, and, and uh, um, had to hire a men's basketball coach and a softball coach in the first month, and um, so that was interesting. Uh, great opportunity for us. I think we were able to to get two uh, two great coaches on board, and you know, excited about the direction of those programs. So it was it was wide open. You're right. We hit the ground running, and then uh, you know began to make some uh, preparations for the fall, and 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 uh, we got some great things happening there. Obviously, a ton of preparation goes into football season, but we've got some other facility projects going on and, and things like that that we we kind of jumped uh, into with both feet. And so 
uh, it's been a little bit of a blur the, last, the first four months or so, just because we have uh, we have been uh, we've been wide open, but you know uh, most of that uh, for really really good reason. Yeah, and you talk about facility projects. You know that that's definitely nothing strange to you. Um, just in general, what what are some of the things you learned from uh, Troy? Is what's the what is a major difference between I guess being at Troy and being at Southern Miss? You know, I think the first thing that kind of jumps out at me, just kind of, and most people wouldn't know this or care to know this, but just kind of when you're in my chair is, um, you know, the, the states are very different in how they fund athletics, what they're allowed to do. Um, and so here in Mississippi, we have some, uh, we have some pretty strong restrictions on, uh, how much money can be, how much ENG dollar from, dollars from the state can be. Um, directed and help support athletics. And so that's probably the biggest difference for me and how we function here and, and the impact it has on us. Um, so we just have to be a little more creative in our budget uh, situation and make sure that we're, we're maximizing all of our revenue streams. Not that we wouldn't and didn't do that at Troy, but the setup is just a little different here. And see, that, and that's something you're you're very familiar with being that was what you did basically at Southern Miss at your first go around. Yeah. Um, yeah, no surprises. You, yeah, no surprises at all. Um, but but it is quite a difference. And you you were talking. Um, I, I found an interview in uh, about three years ago. It was you were early into the gig. You were talking about um, revenue challenges and keeping up with the SEC schools. Um, both from some perspectives, you really didn't change your surroundings. You're still in a state that's dominated by two SEC schools. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I. I feel like I'm going to be repeating myself when I ask this question, but when it comes to revenue generation, what are some of the things you learned that um, you you might do differently now that you're in uh, Southern Miss? Yeah, I mean, good question. Um, you know, I, I think probably the thing I learned the most and the thing we were able to accomplish at Troy that we really want to, uh, we're headed in the right path on here too as well and we want to try to get to that point. Um, is really creating some momentum, uh, and that's not a direct answer to your question about revenue, but it is kind of indirect. And from the standpoint of, you know, if you can create momentum amongst your fan base, amongst your staff, amongst your student athletes, and, and get some confidence going and, and, and feel like um, you're headed in the right direction, um, that will turn it, that will turn into revenue uh, for you from the standpoint of ticket sales, fundraising dollars, people willing to invest in a program. I think people want to invest in something they feel good about, they feel like headed in the right direction, they want to be associated with. And so I think that's one thing for me that really um, was pretty powerful at Troy and became, you know, especially the last couple of years, really began to snowball for us. And so uh, we're headed down that path here. Uh, we're in a little earlier stage, but um, I think for me that's a big piece of the revenue side. You know, you can't just be focused on, okay, how many tickets did we sell and, uh, how many how many concessions did we sell? It really has got to start. Even it's even a bigger picture than that. Uh, it's about taking a you know taking a step back and and kind of that thirty thousand foot view about creating the right environment and trying to get people excited about what you're doing. And and that's something I was going to ask about was the game day experience because uh, over the past three years Troy set attendance records. Um, what is tough about getting students and alumni and your fan bases to come to games? Um, I think the competition for um, their attention and their dollars. You know, I think um, whether it's Troy or Southern Miss or wherever it may be, uh, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit ago about 
being in a shadow somewhat of some um, pretty pretty big SEC um, schools in the state, you know, every Saturday um, people are making a decision where they spend their time and where they spend their money. Um, and so trying to make sure that you create an environment that people want to come back to and be a part of and be associated with is really key to to moving in the right direction. And so, I mean, there we, we began to do some things that, that I felt like helped game day, and whether it be new facilities, whether it be restructuring some of our tailgating, whether it be kind of, you know, little things like where students sat and those kind of things. It's all important because people need to have a good experience because you need them to come back on a regular basis. And people have options. And not only is it other SEC schools or other schools that they, they have options on where they might go spend their, their time and money, um, there's a lot of people who choose to sit in their living rooms and, and, and watch 70-inch televisions and food's a little cheaper, drink's a little cheaper, um, you know, and so you're competing with that as well. And so it's really, really important that you create an environment that people feel good about or are you going to quickly begin to lose people to the competition, and the competition comes in a lot of forms. When it comes to who's on the other sideline, what kind of factors do you consider when uh... – you're setting when you set schedules like that uh yeah i mean i think that's an important piece of the equation obviously you know when you start talking about who you're playing and who people come and see you know I, i'll say this i think i think you're, you're a really faithful um core group of your fan base is probably going to come no matter who you play right i mean there's that group of people who are just coming to support um your institution and your football program but it does matter who's who's on the other side and 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 so uh, I think it's important how we schedule, and, and, and really it's it's about balancing scheduling quality opponents, trying to get some quality opponents at home, and scheduling for success. Trying to make sure that in non-conference you can be in a situation where you're, you know, you're two and two, three and one at the end of non-conference, and you go into conference play with an opportunity to have a, a really special year. And so there's a great balance with football scheduling, trying to do those two things, and and that's always been. It was our objective there. It'll be our objective, and is our objective here uh, at Southern Miss. And so it's important who you're playing, um, uh, you know. And it's it's just a balancing act and trying to uh, trying to navigate um, making that happen in the best way possible. Absolutely. And the team that the the team that you're that Southern Miss is playing this weekend, obviously, again, no stranger to it. But um, this game was set in stone a little bit ago. There are more games on the docket in the future between Southern Miss and Troy. That partnership, how quickly did that come about? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know, probably 2014, I was at Southern Miss and John Hartwell's at Troy. And he, he and I began the conversation about scheduling this initial series. And so we finally got to the point where we could find the right dates. And so, so I actually – was part of the scheduling process my first time at Southern Miss. Um, and then obviously in 2017, I was at Troy when we, we traveled to Southern Miss and, and won that game. Uh, so here I am again uh, as the visiting athletic director going back to Troy. So it's been an interesting um, interesting kind of life of this initial series. But I think it's a really good series. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's the reason that, you know, we, we decided to, go down that path and schedule a more long-term, um, more games, four-game series over the course of, you know, the next decade or so. Uh, and I think it just, for the reasons, you know, I mentioned earlier, it's 
you know, we're, we're recruiting some of the same athletes, a lot of the same athletes. We're in the same footprint, uh, both very tra- proud programs with great histories, uh, two really good fan bases. And so it just makes a lot of sense uh, from a regional standpoint to play these kind of games. And, you know, we're excited about continuing that. Absolutely. Um, just, I mean, as as stepping back and looking at the two teams and the two programs, uh, it just it blows my mind personally that, you know, it – they've only played twice since the 1940s up until this previous series began. So, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I see that as I, I agree with you. It's, it's a regional thing that makes absolute sense. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, you have, you have people uh, on one side of the aisle or another that, that don't feel like it's a good thing to schedule certain opponents at certain times. And so sometimes it just means having new leadership and, and taking a fresh look at things, and, and I don't know if that's the case in this situation, but uh, I suspect that you know, as as time passed, uh, we kind of got to a point where like the leadership felt like it was the best thing to do. Absolutely, um, and that kind of sets me up really well into this next bit. Uh, obviously, it's making the rounds. What uh, the, the comments Nick Saban made this past week uh, in his in his uh, press conference about. Um, the teams that he's playing, you guys play them next week. Y'all go up to Tuscaloosa. What does a game like that mean to you as a program and as uh, a group of five program? Well, I think it's, you know, it's always an opportunity, right? It's a great opportunity to play on stage where a lot of people are going to be watching, a lot of eyeballs on you. So you want to be able to perform at the highest level possible. And, and um, you know, and obviously that's what we're going up there to do. So it's, number one, a great opportunity. Uh, for us, you know, we play those kind of games just like Troy does because we need to make our budget work. And, and, and so those, but those opportunities, I think if you're going to do that, you want those opportunities to play on the biggest stage. And, and it, and it just, it gives you a great opportunity as a, as a program to do that. And, and so that's what it means for me. Um, you know, and, and, you know, this game was scheduled obviously long before I got here, but, um, you know, we've got, you know, Southern Miss has a, unique history with Alabama and so I think that's another kind of layer to that uh scheduling piece and and, and the fact that they've had some great battles over the years and, and Southern Miss has um you know beat them at some key times in the in the history of their program and so um you know I, I think that 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 obviously there's another layer to that but but it's I think it's beneficial for us and I think uh it's something we want to continue to do and uh you know they have no doubt been you know one of the best programs in the country for the past decade and um so there's a lot of eyeballs when you get a chance to get on the field with them there's a lot of eyeballs watching your program absolutely i i can imagine that uh well obviously the paycheck helps and you know about that well from uh when troy beat lsu and when troy beat nebraska um when it comes to playing the big brothers in state uh southern miss just walked out of starkville last weekend what do you think Troy is going to need to do to play big brothers like that? You know, I think everybody, uh, I don't know that it's anything Troy can do. Um, you know, I think everybody has their own scheduling philosophy, right? Um, and so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes it's about turnover and administration or um, before some of that begins to change. And so I don't know that there's anything Troy can do um, other than be willing. Um, you know, and the same, the same holds true for us. We've got a great, you know, we'll we'll play Mississippi State here in a home and home. Uh, I think 23 and 25. Um, you know, and and 
uh, we would love to play Ole Miss as well, but it's just not in the cards right now. And so maybe someday that'll change, but it's not going to happen here in the near future. And so everybody has their own scheduling philosophy. I think we all who are in the, you know, do this on a daily basis respect that. Um, so, you know, I think, I think, I, I don't know there's, you know, if the question is what can Troy do, I don't think there's anything they can do except be willing and, and, and ready to go when they get the opportunity. And you would know, I feel like of the two people who would know best, you are one of them. Um, before we go, uh, a question I like to, we like to ask everybody. Um, so we wake up Sunday morning and the headline says Southern Miss beats Troy. Uh, bit of a football question, but what do you think needs to happen before uh, for that to happen? Besides score more points than the, the, the opponent? <laughs> yeah, besides that. <laughs> okay. All right, just checking. Um, you know, I think uh, I think this game features um, some strength against strength in a couple areas on different sides of the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I, 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 you know, as a football fan, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm that, that's, you know, I'm not a coach. So if I'm looking at it as a football fan, I think there's some – I think there's a – an element of a quite um, close matchup in a lot of areas, if you will. Um, and so I think I think uh, what's going to ha- need to happen for that to be the headline Sunday, uh, I think would simply be in, be in, uh, being able to slow Troy down offensively, which I think obviously is going to be a strength of theirs this season. So I think that's where it's going to lie, and, and um, you know we'll we'll find out on Saturday if, if uh, that's doable. I agree. Um, and one more right before we go. Um, Got to throw it back just once, one more time to your days at Troy. What is your favorite achievement or your best memory about what is the one thing you will take with you about having been the athletic director at Troy University? Um, hmm, boy, it's hard to really narrow it down to one. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but I really would, would – uh, I'm going to cheat, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two – to um that's okay that's okay at least from a at least from a job standpoint there are a lot of really positive family things for us while we were there in troy um i think winning winning at lsu was something i'll always remember um just and, and not just i mean it, it, it it's, it's it's great to go into an sec stadium and win the ball game but i think what it did was it made people begin to pay attention to what was all the hard work that was taking place on our campus and in our program and a lot of people who were helping make that happen. And so that was really a, a high point. And, and then I'll tell you that um, having both basketball programs um, win conference championships on the same day and both go to the NCAA tournament, and compete on the same day in the NCAA tournament was, was something that um, you don't get to, to, to see happen that often. And, and you don't get to realize that that often. And so uh, those, those two things for me, um, you know, really stand out. I have to agree as a as a Troy alum, seeing uh, that no doubt the um, the success the football team had, but I I have to agree that that is a very underrated uh, uh, accomplishment for our pro- for well I say our for Troy's program in the past three years. So, all right, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Hey man, absolutely yeah. glad uh, glad to have the opportunity to to come on and visit and. Uh, Definitely look back uh, or look forward to uh, having an opportunity to to see some friends in Troy this weekend. Absolutely. And uh, if I see you, I'll give you a shout. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, like we said, so many different storylines, so many relationships, so much familiarity between these two programs. 
my favorite little tidbit there that he shared, and I'm so glad I asked this question. Um, I thought the series that the future series that was coming up, Siri, that is hilarious. Siri, apparently, Siri. yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. the future series that was coming up, I thought that was a relatively recent thing between. You know, oh yeah. Uh, hey, Jeremy, uh, you want to schedule some games? Yeah, Brent, let's do it. Mm-hmm. No, it was actually when Jeremy was at Southern Miss the first time, and John Hartwell's like, "Hey, y'all want to do this?" Mm-hmm. And then it just so happened oh, to yeah. he swapped sides in the middle of all of it. I just love that, and that that alone, that right there to me, is exactly how tight knit these two programs are. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's very evident that. It's shocking too the, the amount of times that we've played and the, just the intertwining between right. the two programs. We've only played what seven times, nine times, something like that. And, and ever only two times before this We're current here. series, yeah. only two times since 1977. One of them was a bowl game, yeah. And then we had that home and home, yeah, that we just are now completing yeah. this week. So I mean, it, it, it is pretty crazy. Obviously, thanks again to uh, to, to Mr. McLean. Absolutely, uh, Jeremy. I mean, his time here at Troy, he was pivotal. I think uh, because of of where Hartwell left the program, which was in it, the momentum was already building, and McLean just built upon it. The the hire, obviously, Neil Brown was hired right pretty much the same time as McLean was hired. So just the what he did, he our program didn't take any steps back when McLean was here. So Troy family and obviously loved him a whole lot. Um, and then obviously Brent Jones comes in and Brent Jones is I think just taking it taking it by the reins. And yeah. and now Absolutely. I was about to say, let's go now to the guy who's stepping into those Cardinal Adidas shoes. <laughs> Mr. Brent Jones. And we are now joined by Troy University Athletic Director Brent Jones on the show tonight. Incredible, incredible to, to get to have another athletic director. We had just gotten finished with Jeremy McLean uh, from Southern Miss, and now we got Troy University's Athletic Director. For one, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show, Brent. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a little upset that you had Jeremy first and, and me second, but I guess I'm batting clean up tonight, okay? <laughs> hey, clean up, you get all the RBIs. That's all you got to worry about. Uh, there you go. So first first of all, let's just jump in. You know, it, it the last, you know, three, four months of, uh, of, of you being an athletic director, what, what has been the biggest thing? What is... What have you, what have you kind of learned? Is, I mean, I'm, are you learning on the fly? What, what's, what's the last couple of months been like? Well, absolutely. It, it's been a dream come true. I've been in college athletics uh, 20 years now. I was a student athlete for five, registered one, so that makes the five there. Uh, I've worked at Ole Miss, Georgia Southern, Southern Miss, and Troy now. Uh, Troy's the best place I've ever been. Uh, I'm humbled. I'm honored uh, to, to be the director of athletics. Uh, uh, I received this opportunity because it's, it's about our team and, and how great our student athletes, our coaches, our administration. Uh, Jeremy McLean with the previous AD here, as you uh, previously said, he brought me over from Southern Miss. Um, and so I've worked here for two and a half years. We've done a lot of things, set a lot of attendance from sponsorships to attendance to licensing, uh, to fundraising, to ticket sales. All of those are at the all-time highs we've ever had. We led the Sunbelt Conference and and football attendance for the first time in the history of Troy football last year. Our APR, our GPA, uh, community service hours are off the charts. Um, and so my goal, my vision, is we have an unbelievable momentum and our upward trajectory, and we need to keep that going forward. And so that's what I've been hired to do. I'm so appreciative of Chancellor Hawkins 
who's been at Troy for the last 30 years. He's a transformative um, leader, and uh, to be able to work mm-hmm. with him day-to-day has been great. So to get to your question that you said, what have I been learning on day-to-day? Uh, I knew how I knew how great Troy was. Um, being here the last two and a half years, I knew how great Troy was. I knew how passionate our fan base was. Um, I was ready. I'm very appreciative of what Jeremy did over the last two years. I, I sat 24 inches away from him on almost every major decision that was made in the department, so I felt very ready. Uh, I was part of the mm-hmm. Chip Lindsay hire uh, for a head football coach. I know we'll probably talk a little bit more, as well as our men's basketball mm-hmm. coach, Scott Cross. Uh, and yes. so I've been involved in almost every aspect uh, and element of the department. Um, and so I will tell you this. It is uh, – we we have a, a lot of ground to continue to grow, and that's that's the thing that excites me most about Troy is we've had a lot of success over the last two and a half years from men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball, football, men's and women's mm-hmm. golf. But I also don't think – the ceiling's anywhere near us. Like, we still have so much room to grow, and that's what excites mm-hmm. me every single day, every single morning to get yeah. up to be the AD at Troy. You know, you talk about all this momentum, the success, and the big thing that, you know, we've seen here in the southeast lately is, you know, getting the people to come out to the football games, to come out to the basketball games. How, you know, what, ha- what has Troy done? You know, you're talking about the your, your numbers were up uh, on, on people coming to the football games. How, do you? I mean, do you every year? Do you go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what can we do this year? You know, is it is it a constant? We have to keep being creative. Yes, uh, I think it's everything. So everything matters. That's the motto we use here. Everything matters. And so when you think about that, that's from parking to ticket prices to game times to in-game atmosphere to concessions to to tailgating. Every single thing matters. And let's put our fans first. We talk about the student-athlete experience. We have an amazing student-athlete experience at Troy. We just had our women's uh, basketball team go to Italy and France for a 10-day mm-hmm. excursion over there. We have an amazing student-athlete experience. But let's put, our, let's put our best foot forward for our fans as well. The thing in my background for the last 15 years has been external. So marketing, communication, sales, advertising, promotions, that, that's where I cut mm-hmm. my teeth. That, that's, that's my area of expertise. And um, – you know, for the last three years for football, we've set all-time attendance records each and every year. So every single season, we track every single data point that you could possibly think of, from ticket sales to attendance to students to how much revenue we made to concessions being sold to merchandise. We want to weather to game times to opponents. Every single thing that you can think about, we go back and measure, and how can we get better? We always hear about our coaches, whether that's baseball, football, basketball, how much recruiting and scouting they do. I should say scouting of the previous yeah. opponent. Well, we, we scout ourselves, and that's what makes fun about this. So I'll say this. This game upcoming, mm-hmm. we have we have um, one lucky Troy fan or one lucky Troy student has a chance to win $1,000 from Adidas. $1,000. Okay? That's going to get people excited. Oh, by the way, we have two sumo suits, and you can win $500 coming out. Every, you know, everything's a, a geared about this is entertainment. This is exciting. Yep. How can we give the best chance for our student athletes to compete? And I'll tell you this. It goes from what we do is we focus on the in-game atmosphere. Is the music on point? Is the band on point? Is the cheer? You know, we, we added 23 additional concession points to sale this year. We added Kaneka Sausage Dog. We added um, Asian Zing Chicken. We added uh, Apple Cobbler Sunday. 
Uh, we added four misting stations inside. We added different beer options and frozen, frozen margaritas. We added all these items, and it's all about making this an experience that you cannot have sitting on your couch on a Saturday. You have to come to the vet, and that's what it's all about. But students, we've done a lot of things for students. We continue to do that. We have a pregame concert series. We've added a lot of aspects of it. So everything we do is about winning. It's about having the greatest crowd and fan engagement that we possibly can. Did you ever think the the did you ever think college athletics? I mean, you've been doing this for 25, 26 years now. Did you ever think it would get to this where you? I mean, you've got to you know somehow have all these different entertainment packages that are in included with just going to a football game. Well, I'll tell you this. So, so playing and playing college baseball and being competitive and, and growing up and, and always playing sports, uh, once you transition out of that, once I was 23, I, I didn't have the opportunity to play anymore. I was a senior. I graduated. I, I tapped out. I timed out. And every game day for me, whether that's softball, baseball, basketball, women's basketball, uh, football, whatever that is, it's game day. And it's, it's, I take it as an onus, especially when I was in marketing and sales, even as the deputy AD of external uh, before I moved into to the chair, the AD chair, it was it was it was game day for me, and, and every single aspect of that is competitive. How many people can we get here? Can we match what we did before? What's so exciting about college athletics and being in sports marketing is every single day is different. It's challenging, it's demanding, it's rewarding, but every day is different. And how can we connect with our student athletes? How can we connect with our fans? This week alone. We will, we will, we almost broke the internet on Monday with the release of our, of our helmets, you know? Yeah. That was from two different fan bases. That was from our fans. Yeah. That was actually from three fan bases. That was from our fans that were so excited to see the 1984 National Championship team helmet. To then all of college football going, man, those are some sweet lids. To then uh-huh. Michigan State fans saying, hey, that's our logo. Well, we used it too, you know? And so to see to do those things and then, to get some other play with some different teams on it, you know, you have to be creative. You have to be willing to put in the time, the work. Uh, and I, I'll tell you this, our fans uh, have been very, very um, enthused about the product we put on the field as well as what we do inside the stadium, whether that's dollar hot dogs, whether that's mm-hmm. the first 2,000 fans get free Connecticut sausage, whether that's doing Trojan Mardi Gras uh, mm-hmm. at Trojan Arena, whatever that is. You have to be creative, you have to be dynamic, you have to be aggressive, and you have to be willing to take chances. And so that's what I teach our people all the time and talk about it. You know, you were talking about social media and you blowing up on social media on Monday. Now, today, there was a tweet that came out that I don't know if you can, if you can talk about, but there was a, a, a coach that made some, saying, made some comments about, well, we're trying to play whatever team wants to play, so you go find them. And... And there was a tweet that came out from the football uh, Twitter. Would you? Is there any? Did we get? Did you get any phone calls today, or or anything? Like I did not. That? I did not. I did. I did not get any phone calls. But I'll tell you this. So I've overseen football scheduling for the last two and a half years at Troy, working in hand in hand with Jeremy McLean before Neil Brown, now Chip Lindsay, and myself. Uh, we're willing to play anyone, anywhere, anytime. We've played South Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State. Um, LSU, obviously, uh, Nebraska. We play Missouri this year. Next year we host NC State as well as going on the road to Tennessee. Our footprint, mm-hmm. we want to make our games 
where our fans can travel. We want to be able to play games inside our geographical footprint. So it makes sense to be able to do this. But I'll tell you this. I don't, I'm not saying anyone's ducking us. That's not what I'm saying at all because I don't think that's the case. A lot of these games are scheduled six to eight years out, and it has to match oh, yeah. up for yeah. what they're looking for and what we're looking for. But I will tell you yep. this. We'll play anybody if it makes sense, okay? And so uh, that's what Troy is. Troy is a blue-collar, you know, outwork you, outgrind you uh, type of football team. You've seen that going back from Chan Gailey, who, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to be hosting on Saturday as part of the 1984 mm-hmm. National Championship team. Chan Gailey's coming back, going to Larry Blakeney, uh, Paul Rhodes, uh, Neil Brown, and now Chip Lindsey. These guys mm-hmm. put in the work, put in the effort. But we're not scared uh, of going on the road and, and playing some of the P5s. That, that's where we've made our name. We've beaten Mississippi mm-hmm. State. We've beaten Oklahoma State. We've beaten Missouri, Nebraska. Almost beat national champion Clemson, that I know y'all y'all saw that game there uh, three oh, years ago as part of it. So yes, I mean I think you have to play those games. You have to want to play those games, but it also takes two to tango. What What do you think? I'm I'm going to push you here. What do you think it would take to to you know we saw Southern Miss play Mississippi State this, this past week. What What would it take to see a a game like that in Alabama, whether it be Troy? I mean, I know you're above Troy. You can't speak for South and UAB. But what would it take for for those three schools to be able to finally get, you know, a matchup with with the Auburns and Alabamas of the world? I I think it takes timing, what they're looking at from their schedule, what we're looking at from ours from a financial standpoint. I'll tell you this. We're playing Ole Miss next uh, in four years. Ole Miss mm-hmm. and Southern Miss aren't playing each other, okay? So it's not it's not mm-hmm. just us who aren't playing in-state rivals either, okay? Uh, I, I see a lot of time you see Memphis, you see Tennessee. They don't play anymore. And so it has to make mm-hmm. sense from both aspects of it. But I will tell you this. We're open to playing anybody that would like for us to play that makes sense financially as well as from a geographical standpoint. We'd be definitely open to mm-hmm. it. Definitely. All right, well, let's talk about this week. You know, this is a kind of a, a crazy week for you, for a lot of people in both the Troy University and the Southern Miss programs because there's just a crazy amount of intertwining between both, I mean, administrative uh, departments, head coaching staffs, players. I mean, is have, have you ever – I mean, you – and you've kind of right in the middle of it. Have you – can you – is there any other example where you've seen so much – uh, I guess familiarity through an entire school from from administrative all the way down to the players, and and when it comes to a game like this week, you know I I don't know because I haven't gone back and looked at every school. I'm sure there's that's what makes college athletics it's so great. Okay, so I've worked in you know college athletics now almost 20 years, and for the last 10 years I've either been in Harrisburg, Mississippi, or Troy, Alabama, and I spent six great years at Southern Miss. My my two, in Harrisburg, our two kids were born there. Uh, we, we had a great time. Uh, but like I said before, I'm so excited to be here at Troy. Um, hopefully, Jeremy talked about how great I was on before. I'm sure I'm sure he mentioned how great I was, correct? Because I'm about to talk about how great he is. Jeremy is that, as good as twice, He might have done that. <laughs> okay, well, Jeremy is as good. Uh, he's the one that brought me over here from Southern Miss to Troy. But there's a lot of similarities. Chip Lindsay, our head football coach, was the O.C., uh, in 14 and 15, had one of the top five offenses in the nation uh, there. Um, and so now is at Troy. He's been at Troy before. Um, I'll tell you this, our executive associate AD of external operations, Kyle George, spent six years at Southern Miss, has been at Troy the last two and a half years. We just hired an assistant AD of marketing who is a double 
Southern Miss grad. Uh, you have Jeremy, who's at Southern Miss, Troy now going back over there. You have two different players, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on both sides. Yeah. One that, that, that signed at Troy, uh, and then now yeah. is at, uh, that is at Southern Miss, and you have the opposite as well, uh, where it started at Southern Miss and now is at Troy. Uh, we also have, uh, Cole Weeks, who was a, a starting quarterback at Southern Miss when Nick Mullins went down, who's our off, who is our quarterback's coach, John Carr, assistant head coach, Dane Brown, head of recruiting, to Jason Finley, our strength and conditioning coach. There's a lot of similarities. Both programs yeah. are grinded out. Both programs compete against each other uh, every year in recruiting battles. It's only four hours apart. Our fans are excited about this. Their fans are excited about this. Uh, this is what makes college athletics so great it's when you can have fan bases that are excited about this game this is one of the best g5 games of the year i mean that's how yeah. it's being ranked and so we're excited about it we really are you know you and you and jeremy mclean i mean obviously we you talked about your friendship together when it comes to this week i mean is, is there is it is it is it cordial is it i mean because you guys are such good friends or is it kind of is there a little bit of trash talking i mean what what's kind of going <laughs> on so I would tell you this, y'all, y'all don't know Jeremy that well and, and everything else, but, but I don't think Jeremy trash talks anybody. He is as good <laughs> of a human being uh, and as good of a leader as there is. He's taught me a lot. Uh, I've, uh, I've known Jeremy for the last eight years. I've worked for him for the last five and a half, almost six years. Um, but I'll tell you this, uh, as we get closer and closer to the game, it becomes less about Jeremy and I and our relationships and more about you know, the, the student-athletes on the field as part of it. It's going to be really special to have Jeremy back. Look, Jeremy Christie, as well as his family, Christie mm-hmm. is a close friend of my wife, uh, Tracy, as well. Uh, they're good mm-hmm. people. And what they've done for Troy and what they've done for our community um, is really special. And so there's a lot of people, not just me, not just our coaches, not just our student-athletes, but there's a lot of fans, there's a lot of alums, there's a lot of donors that are very excited that Jeremy's coming back so they get to say, Thank you to them. Now, with that being said, there's still a football game to be played, and he wants to win, and I want to win too. And obviously, one of us isn't going to be happy at the end of the game, but I'll tell you this, we'll probably hug. We'll we'll probably shake each other's hand, and and I'll go back being next week and being his biggest uh, fan, and he'll probably go back the next week and be my biggest fan. So it'll be exciting. It's going to be fun. But at the end of the day, it's about a football game. And uh, I, I did an interview today for TV, and they're asking me the same question. I said, uh, you know, Jer- Jeremy's not the quarterback uh, for for Southern Miss. I actually wish he was, because then I think we'd have a great shot at it, you know. But uh, but Jeremy's not playing. Neither am I. And so, but it's really special when you have a close, close friend, a close mentor who is who has made a huge impact in your life to be able to invite them back into your stadium. It's going to be a special deal for sure. Um, so let me you you've had to make. I mean, Chip Lindsay, you were a part of that. Scott Cross, you talked, you were a part of that. What about we haven't gotten into the season yet with Scott Cross, but with Chip so far, what what have you seen from Chip? What has really impressed you? Because this is his first head coaching job. So you know, it is in, in college. It is he's been a head coach and an AD before in high school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's worked he's worked at one of the best high schools in the nation um, before. He's been a head coach uh, inside the state, outside the state high school. He's been at Troy. He's been at Southern Miss, Arizona State, Auburn two different times. What has mm-hmm. surprised me about Chip is um, his recruiting. I knew he was a good recruiter. 
I don't think I realized how great of a recruiter he is. Right now, uh, we can't talk about the uh, Pacific players, players, but we have yeah. we have ten we have ten verbal commits, and that's that's what people have seen out on online. We have ten verbal commits. Eight of them are three stars. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. That that has never happened before, and so he's put together a huge, great staff that's huge into recruiting. Chip is one of the best offensive minds out there. We're going to play fast. We're going to play physical. You know, we're going to really bring it there. Uh, but Chip is is he's an Alabamian. He's from North Al. He's been uh, from the north part of the state, I should say. Um, he he's been part of the Troy community before. And just like with me getting this job, this is my dream job. This is Chip's okay. dream job. We knew what we wanted. This wasn't just a job for Chip. This wasn't just a job for me. I've been here for two and a half years. I knew what it was going to take to be the AD at Troy, and I'm so thankful I had that opportunity. It's a dream job of mine. The same thing with Chip. You know, we want to be part of the expectations. And at Troy University, not just athletics, but at the university, we have high standards. You come across, you look at our facilities, you look at our academics. I mean, we're one of the best universities. We were just ranked 27th mm-hmm. best regional university in the South. That speaks volumes yeah. for us. So it's not just athletics. It's all of the university. But uh, getting back to Chip, he has, he's blown me away by his work ethic, by his recruiting, by his way that he's able to connect with people and engage. And I think people are really excited about him. And, you know, finally, I mean, I don't know if you can as an athletic director. You might be a little biased, but we always ask the people that we bring on. We haven't had any athletic directors yet, but is there? do you have any predictions for this weekend? I mean, do you want to make any predictions? Here, here, here's my prediction, okay, that uh, Jeremy McClain will throw for zero touchdowns and Brent Jones <laughs> will throw for zero touchdowns, okay? But I'll also tell you that it's got, it's, those are my predictions, okay? You have two <laughs> – uh, you have two old baseball players, okay, that are the ADs now. Uh, but I'll tell you this. The prediction is this. You're going to see a great game on Saturday at 5 p.m. You're going to see two uh, regional schools, two of the best G5 programs out there uh, that I think are going to put a great performance on. We're going to have a great crowd. Uh, we sold out the North End Zone tents. We sold out Tailgate Terrace uh, tents. These are the most tents we've had. Uh, ticket sales are extru- going extremely well. We'll have a great student crowd. So my prediction is it's going to be a great football game. And hopefully at the end, the Trojans win. Awesome, awesome. Well, Brent, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's uh, It's been a wonderful pleasure for us as the Bench Boys. This was a big night for us to be able to get to talk to both of you guys tonight. Um, so we, we're very, very grateful for, for you being on the show tonight. Well, thank you, and, and, and I'm probably one of the few that actually has a close personal relationship with every single one of your guests tonight. From Justin McNally, didn't you have Patrick McGee as well on? Yes. <laughs> so, so Patrick, Patrick McGee and I go back almost six to ten years. Jeremy McLean, Justin McNally. Hopefully, they all spoke about how uh, great I am. Okay, guys, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Thanks so much. Because well, George is not our game, is it? George is not, not one of our game. pickums. It's not. Uh, no, it's not because we were like, we can do it's like really quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, three, two. I'm saying we can brand it if if you want to. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, yeah. You know what we could do is we can do Wendy and we can do, uh, UT kid. I know that's not power five, but just like how cool the shirt is, you know? Sure. If you want. They did. I mean, just 
teams that have no connect. I mean, like, yeah, the kid, but I don't know. It just just cool things to happen. Right. Um, okay. All right. Three. So this, this is this is know your enemy, and then we're gonna do our best bets. Another best bets. Yeah. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Uh, Brent Jones. Let me tell you what Brent told us. He go. We gave him uh, about a twelve to fifteen minute play clock, and Brent said. Guys, you're going to need a longer time. And then we were like, okay, we can't cut any of this because this is just too good. And wow, what an interview. Uh, you well, can tell, you can just tell like how excited Brent is at, you know, he talked about this being his dream job and j- just listen to the way he talks. Like, I mean, that is a guy who just is loving where he's at in his, in his life right now is just, he's so fired up about everything. Just the way he talks. I loved his answers about, uh, when we talked about the challenges of getting people into the football games, because you and me both know at Troy, th- those down years, I mean, the joke around town was the best place to study for a test was at the second half of a Troy football game. Absolutely. Because there was just never anybody. The, the students always left, and that is totally flipped. And John Hartwell had play in that. Jeremy McLean had a huge play in that. And now Brent's doing the same thing of, and he said it best of, you've got to be creative. You've got to get these people into the door. And he's done exactly that. And that's like one of my favorite things. And, and, and you and me have constantly talked about this, about how, in, how what schools like Troy and Southern Miss have to do to get people into the games. And it's, it's just being creative. And that's something that Jeremy McLean was talking about uh, that I found really interesting is just what, what goes into that process. Because when you go from a state like Alabama to a state like Mississippi that doesn't necessarily pay you mm-hmm. as much as you can, you have to be creative. You're forced to be creative. Mm-hmm. And now Jeremy built up in Mississippi on his uh, on his revenue ability, came to Troy and was the athletic director, and now is going back as the athletic director, has an idea of what to do. I think we're going to see some really good things coming out of Southern oh. Miss in the next couple of years oh, yeah. just because of what he's been forced to do creatively. Oh, uh, sure. I, I hate to undermine you here, but yeah, we absolutely did cut a little bit of that uh, interview. <laughs> a little bit. Just a little bit, but don't <laughs> worry. It, it was that good. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. We'll have a we'll have a full thing. We'll have yeah. the full interview from all four of these guys like in a it. bonus episode. Stay tuned. We'll announce that later. But for right now, you're right. I just... Just the the uh, the uh, things that those two guys did to build up Troy as a program, mm-hmm. and now what Jeremy is working to do to build up Southern Miss as a program, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much fun to watch. And oh yeah, both he, for sure. It, it's it's so bizarre because yes, Jeremy went home, but he's also having to start from scratch himself, and so in a way, he gets to do things the way he wants to from from day one. Oh yeah for sure he doesn't necessarily have the john hartwell stuff to build on mm-hmm. but now he can establish himself as something really great 